Welcome to the Let's Eat Grandma Career Warrior Podcast. And welcome to the Let's Eat Grandma Career Warrior Podcast, where our goal is not only to help you land your dream job, but to help you live your best life. Today, we're going to talk about igniting your career genius. Specifically, we'll be covering the concept of values and how to use them to shape and grow your career. To tackle this often nebulous topic of values, I brought on the legendary Scott Miller. Recruited by Dr. Stephen Covey's team, Scott built a 25-year career in the world's most respected and influential leadership development firm, serving nearly in every role imaginable. Keep in mind that this is the same firm that is behind the seven habits of highly effective people. Scott currently serves as the special advisor on thought leadership for Franklin Covey and is the host of their weekly podcast series on leadership with Scott Miller. Scott is also the host of Franklin Covey's monthly book club on bookclub.com, which will launch this July 2021. Additionally, Scott is the prolific author of numerous books, writes a column for Inc. Magazine and keynotes for clients around the world. Scott believes that messes can lead to successes, and that's the one reason why I'm excited to bring him on the show. If you're looking for a way to ignite that professional and career genius within you, then this is the episode for you. So let's launch right into it with this episode of the Career Warrior Podcast. Scott, welcome to the show. Chris, thank you for the invitation, the platform. Nice to be with you. I am so lucky to have you on here today. And I know one big thing we're going to talk about today is values. So. I want to hear just straight from you. We'll cut right to the chase here. Why should we be in alignment with our values? Well, it's how you make decisions. It's how you make wise decisions. It's how you make deliberate decisions and take intentional control of your career. The vast majority of careers are accidental. People are just bouncing around from one offer to the next, from ear tap on Thursday to ping pong table on Friday. And they're not making deliberate decisions and taking control of your career when you know and can articulate what you value, then, of course, you can make decisions based on those values. Otherwise, you're making decisions based on who knows what criteria. Right, exactly. And the one thing I want to differentiate between is professional and personal values. That's something that we discussed during our last conversation. But what are we going to be talking about today? Is it personal or professional values for igniting our career genius? I think to some extent, both, right? I mean, first of all, I'm one of the few people that I've heard that's talked about the need to have both. I think people talk about the need for you to have values, to clarify your values. And that's true. And for, you know, a decade, I had my personal values very clear. I can tell you what they are and I have them memorized in an acronym. Then I got to thinking that if I really wanted to take control of my career, that my professional values might be different than my personal values. For example, my number one personal values is purpose, right? Like what is my purpose here on the planet? Well, my vocation is not my avocation, right? My my job is not perpetuating my purpose in life necessarily, right? My right. purpose in life is as a dad and as a husband now. But my professional values are very different. My number one professional value is maximizing my income. My number two professional value is working with a brand that I am proud of and, and, and feel honored to be with. My number third value professionally is working in a culture where I feel respected and honored. Those in ranking my, order, one, two, three. In ranking order, that's exactly right. And, I, and I'm unabashedly willing to talk about my professional values. I have no shame in saying, <laughs> yeah, my number one value is maximizing my income. But if that yeah. was the case and nothing else mattered, I go work for, you know, I don't know, a drug dealer. I can make a whole <laughs> lot more money 
you know, <laughs> selling cocaine than I could leadership development. But I have a cockpit, and that's illegal. Yes. And by the way, I want to work for a brand that I respect. And a cartel of Columbia is not a company I respect. So I think yeah. it's important to have hierarchical values on your professional side, but you've also got to have them on your personal side. Because you never know when they're going to be in conflict. Because my number one professional value, Chris, might be maximize my income. But if my number one personal value is, you know, as caretaker for my elderly parent, which it's not, by the way, then I may not be able to have my number one professional value come to life because most people can't maximize their income unless they're traveling or moving or moving up right. or that sort of thing. So it's quite important to have them both so you know when they're in conflict. Okay. That makes sense. So having both of those clearly are important. You can't necessarily be in violation of those personal values. But to me, it sounds almost like if I'm, and we'll go into this in a second, but if I'm making a career decision, then I'm primarily going to be driven by those professional values, correct? You are, but let me clarify. I think too many people have not done the hard, deliberate, contemplative work of identifying and ranking their personal values Right. And their professional values because they don't know they're in conflict. Therefore, they're kind of bouncing around or they're not quite sure why their career isn't taking off. Or they're making decisions and they haven't articulated or visualized why I'm in conflict. You don't know if they're in conflict unless you've written them down and you can see them and say, aha, this is why my career is in a stall because my personal values are this. And you can say, do I choose to violate my personal values or do you, I choose to ignore them? And okay. take this opportunity here. You have to articulate them in order to know when they are in conflict. Okay, wonderful. So that, I think, positions us very concretely for what we're about to talk about, which is defining our own values and having that steer where our career goes. It would be great if you can weave in your own personal example of your own life and your own values, which thank you for listing those three values, by the way. I think that's an amazing example. But how do we begin to define our values? And even speaking about, you know, the three values that you've listed, you know, culture, brand, and money, how did those play into your own decision to propel your career? So let me start fundamentally with, I just think too many careers are accidental, like I mentioned, and not enough careers are deliberate. How you create a deliberate career is you get very clear on your passions, your talents, your goals, you're clear in your values. And you have what I would call a four, five decade plan ahead of you that you aren't just thinking about the next job. You're thinking about the job 12 jobs from now. Let, let's say someone is 32. Yeah. As I teach in my career coaching course called Ignite Your Genius, I tell someone, I want you to think where you want to be when you're 65. Do you want to be the CEO? Do you want to be the founder? Do you want to be in Congress? Do you want to be retired? Do you want to be, what, what do you want to be? What is that ultimate career job? Let's say for a moment, it's the CEO of a $50 million company. I'm making that up. That's not everybody's career goal. What most people do is they look at, well, so what do I have to do next to get there? Yeah. And I argue, Chris, don't look at what you have to do next. Go plan out 50 years and then backcast. Don't forecast out, backcast. Well, what is the job that I need just prior to that role? I'm going to be the CEO. I probably need to be the COO or in the C-suite. Sure. And if I want to be in the C-suite before that, I probably need to be a senior vice president, executive vice president, associate vice You get the point down so that yeah. you are deliberately identifying all of the jobs, titles, the compensation the age at which you'll accomplish that, what year you'll accomplish it. Perhaps most importantly, you've identified what skills, what talents do I need to earn in the previous job that will catapult me in to the next job. Once you've done yeah, all that deliberate work, you can then combine that with, so what are my values? And I think if this is not something that happens overnight. You don't sit down tonight at the kitchen counter, 
and decide your three corporate values, your three professional values. You really think about what's important to you in terms of your career. There's no wrong answer. I think the biggest mistake people make in their value is they choose them for someone else. I don't mm. give a crap what you think about my values. Mm. You're a nice guy. I hope we remain friends, but I don't care what you think right. about my values. Right. They're my right. values, right. and they're important for me to build independent of what anybody else thinks about them. So I'm and so like sorry said, to interrupt. Un- you think people are basing their own values off of what other people are casting onto them? Or- sure. Sure. What your parents wanted you for your career? What your college professors wanted to be your thesis sponsor for your PhD. I, I think that's yeah. very common. I think all of yeah. us do a lot of things based on what we think other people will think about us. I mean, you know, why do you buy an expensive car? Why do you dress nice, right? I mean, you know, all the things you do, you often do because of the social mirror of what other people think about us. That's just being human. That's not being bad. It's just being human. I'm right. saying the same boat. But I have very deliberately broken out of that social mirror, if you will. And I've picked my values based on where I want to take my own deliberate career. And it okay. took some work. I'll tell you, on the personal side, it took some work too. It took me probably better part of three or four weeks of identifying what were my seven personal values. Okay. And I live my life very deliberately in accordance with them. I make mistakes. I, I get confused at times. But I've written them down and I can articulate them very clearly. I know what behaviors are in alignment and in misalignment with each of my values personally. And professional. Makes a lot of sense. And I'll be real, your the conversation we had just it was a Zoom call just to prepare for this podcast got me thinking about what my values are. And I've I've always had a general sense of things that drive me, but I've never admittedly here on this podcast been able to articulate them or even to write them down as a clear list. So I've been, you know, walking to the bathroom and literally thinking like, oh gosh, like what are my values? I really can't list them. And so I have some general sense of what they are, but you're saying that this is this could be a three, four week process of brainstorming to discover this, correct? I think it is. Before you share yours, if you intend to, let me give your audience a couple of thoughts. You know, if you were at a cocktail party and I asked you what were your values, you'd say something like, I don't know, equity and peace and love and right. joy. You'd make something right. up that would cover yourself, right? But, but then the next week, you'd make up something different and you might get two or three of them right. I think the hard work comes in really sitting down and being brutally honest with yourself. What is it I value in life? What do I want to make my decisions on? And what do I value in my career? And once you write them down and you scratch through them and you organize them and say, no, I don't really value that. My parents value that. Or I don't really value that. My ex-girlfriend valued that. (laughs) And you get brutally honest with yourself. That's when you can start making more deliberate career decisions. Because in some cases, your value professionally, it might be equity. You want equity. Well, that's the case. You're not going to probably work for a large multi-global company because you're not getting equity. You might get some shares, right? Or, you know, you might not move to the Philippines because that's about maybe a travel adventure or something like that. So once you've written them down, you now own them and you're accountable to yourself. Doesn't mean your values can't change over time. Of course they do. I don't know that when you're 70, if you're still working, hopefully you're not, but your number one value is going to be maximizing your income. You've made some mistakes in the past 50 years of your career. If that's your, still your number one value. I'd love to hear yours. Okay. So let me workshop this with you. And for listeners, this is very rough and raw. I, this is not polished. So Scott's going to help me here to figure this out here. So three things that come to mind values-wise 
personal or professional. I'm still figuring that out. But one, my health is really important to me. The energy that I bring on a daily basis, how I feel is just so important. And it's hard to describe that energy, Scott, but it it's the difference between sending a bland email and being excited about it or sending a bland email and saying, this is like the last thing I want to do right now. So my own energy, whether it's mental health, physical health, all of that, I think is probably the most important thing for me. Number two, I think lifestyle is important. If anything, this pandemic taught me is I need people around me. I had a hard time really being virtual for a lot of it. And it reminded me how much I do thrive around being people. This could be my extroverted nature or um, who I am, but I enjoy giving public talks and speeches and working with people in person. Thing number three is accomplishment. Accomplishment's always been something that has been important to me ever since I was in high school wanting to get good test scores. But for me, in building my company at Let's Eat Grandma, the thing that I want to accomplish is to be the best for customer service out there and also to help more job seekers to transition into more meaningful jobs. I want to do that at scale, so not just helping people, you know, one batch at a time, but really at a larger scale for our nation. So those three things, that this has just been bathroom talk or walking around the neighborhood talk that I've had in my head for the last few weeks or so, but those are the three things that have come to mind in terms of what really motivate and drive me. It doesn't matter if I like them or not, because we've already established all that matters if you like them. But let me give you some feedback on those. You've now done substantially more work than the vast majority of professionals globally, because I do, as I said earlier, think people live their careers accidentally, right? They choose their careers by getting on a career site and looking for, you know, six-figure sales jobs 20 miles from me. That's insane. That is right. the opposite of deliberate. <laughs> that is absolutely accidental, right? Or they people just- People are doing it, yeah. The people are doing it like by the millions every day, right? And yeah. I think the key difference between- People who have amazing careers, that have life balance, that love their jobs and build wealth for themselves or, or check whatever value they have is they're much more deliberate and intentional. Look at you already. You already have three congealing values, whether they're in that order or they're the right ones. Finally, you've done you know, the majority of the work to recognize you should be able to memorize them and articulate them. You should be able to have a lens through which these values you make your decisions. Now, you're okay. somewhat unique and you're an entrepreneur, you're an owner, you're in a growth phase and such. Not everyone has that luxury or desire to own their own business. The vast majority of people don't own their own business. They like probably security. They may not have articulated that. Sure. By the very nature of working for a large company, they like security. They want a that paycheck every, Friday, every other Friday and their bank account. They should write that down because that would really help them not waste any time. Maybe they should not go to a startup ever. Because they should really own the fact yeah. that clearly I love security or I wouldn't have gone to work for Dillard's or Macy's or right, Google, right, right? Right. Some people might choose to go to Google, only plan to stay 18 months. Security isn't their value. They probably want learning or adventure or networking or they want to be challenged. Everyone's got a different list of values. Most of them just don't know. Okay. That makes sense. Like I said, like I know they've been kind of there, but our conversation made me think about those. And I know I need to get them a little bit more clearly defined. But what I'm wondering is how far do I go? Is three enough? Should I be coming up with like a longer list or? There's, yeah. there's, no, there's no number, right? I mean, I think any more than probably five or six and you're fooling yourself. What I like, and when I say like, not as an endorsement, as in an illustration to teach from, 
is I like your first one was around health because that obviously is both a personal and a professional value. And you know what your boundaries are. You know what you need. You know that you are need okay. to be energy infused. You know that you probably want some life work balance, right? I think everyone's values have changed coming out of the pandemic. Yeah. Probably more similarly than dissimilarly in terms of our health, our family, our welfare, our emotional well-being, our physical well-being. I care less how much money is in my bank account than I did a year and a half ago, right? And are my boys happy and healthy and learning yeah. and joyful and such? I think it's important to have two sets of values and they can be the same. Your number one value can be health on the personal side and health on the second side. It might have different definitions, might look a little bit different, but that's the lens through which you'll make decisions around your career, how much you work, what kind of okay. work you do, where you do it, who you do it with. I think it's fine to have your, some of your values be very similar. Okay. I want to turn to the implications of the job search and how I would let these values to help me to decide how I'm going to apply for jobs or where I'm going to be applying for jobs. But first, just wanted to see if you had any practical tips um, or any other information on defining our values. Well, like I said before, there's so many websites you can go to, including mine, you know, scottjeffreymuller.com, where I list a lot of professional values just to kind of get the juices flowing. Yeah, but I think the number one criteria is just to be really brutally honest with yourself. Don't care what anyone else thinks about your values. Choose them only for yourself. You know, a lot of people choose location as a value or, you know, life work balance as their number one value. Yeah. Not for everyone is their career, their passion in life. A lot of people work to eat. Yeah. A lot of people are very comfortable going to work from eight to five and checking out. They're not trying to build a career or build a nest egg or they have Maybe the one number one personal value is joy. And what brings them joy is reading and they're happy to be in a studio apartment with no debt. And so they don't want the pressure of a job that's around the clock or texting in the evening, right? Everyone has yeah. to just be very clear about what brings them happiness and fulfillment and then execute around that. And, and there's no that. wrong answers. There's I love no that. wrong answer. Love it. I love it so much. First saying your number one value is to maximize your income. And I think that's something that a lot of people wouldn't admit, but that probably is one of their top values as well. So be brutally honest. I think people are fearful of saying that yeah. because they look like they're greedy. Yeah. Listen, you have no idea how I spend my salary. For all you know, I give 110% to my church. You don't know mm -hmm. if I'm paying my, my mom's best friend's power bills. You have no idea. It's none of your business, right? At the end of the day, yeah. it's my business, but I know that I have goals in life. I have obligations. I've made commitments. I've made promises. I have a legacy. And so yeah. I unabashedly talk that maximizing income is my number one professional value. Awesome, Scott. Thank you so much. So turning to those values. So I've now defined or will continue to hash this out on my own. Top three values, lifestyle, impact, or sorry, accomplishment, and also health. So I have those three things defined. How do I start looking for a job? What do you think? Well, there's different ways to look for jobs. Here's how I would look for a job. Can, can I use my values? I don't necessarily know all the definitions of how you, you know, let me tell you how I would do it. So again, let me tell you my personal values. Personal values are Phil Pal, P-H-I-L-P-A-L. Positivity, health, integrity, loyalty, purpose, abundance, and health. Those are my values. My professional values, as I mentioned, are number one. There's no acronym. Number one is maximize my income. Number two is work for a brand that I respect. Number three is feel valued in a firm. People enjoy the people I work with. It's very important to me. How I would look for a job is I would, okay, so where can I make money? Okay, let me think about that. My second value is to work for a brand that I greatly value, that I'm proud to work with. 
what are things that I'm proud of? Well, I'm proud of our country. I'm proud of, there are certain brands that I like. I like Ralph Lauren. I like bagels. I like champagne. I like baguettes. I like tennis. You get the point, right? I start to think about all the things that bring me happiness, the things that are brands that I buy. I own two Mercedes. I there are all kinds of brands. So I just start thinking about, okay, so what are the types of brands that I admire and would associate with that could maximize my income that are also a magnet for quality people? Sure. And then now, you know, now I'm not looking at Dunkin' Donuts. I like Dunkin' Donuts. I don't, I don't want to yeah. work for Dunkin' Donuts. And, you know, I, I shop at Nordstrom, but I would rather shop at Bergdorf Goodman's. And I like to fly, but I usually fly Delta, not United. My point yeah. is, this starts to bring together the types of companies that I want to focus my career search on. Yeah. And by the way, by the way, a lot of those companies are large public companies and they probably could in a sales role or an executive role, I could maximize my income. But I think it's just, you know, everybody will have a different sequence. But those companies I mentioned also have great cultures. They sure. invest in their people. They have people who work there for decades and decades by choice, not by hostage. Yeah. So the more deliberate you are around kind of peeling the onion around their values, you can start honing in. And what you won't do is you won't go to these career aggregator sites. You'll start going to people who work for Bergdorf Goodman's and for champagne companies and for Mercedes and for Delta. You'll yeah. start looking on LinkedIn. You'll start asking around because I think it was it close to 90% I heard from a recruiter of professionals find their job through someone they know. Ultimately, find the job they want yes. through someone they know. Exactly, exactly. And that makes so much sense because there are too many job seekers that are not clearly defining the type of company that they want to work for. And I'm even talking about, you know, people who are coming to our resume service, people who I've written their resume for them, who know they have a general sense of what type of job position that they want, but they don't know the type of company. I think that's a really good call out. So, can, I, can I add to that, add to yeah. that, Chris? Yeah. My experience has also shown me that I don't think people think they deserve it enough. I think that too many job seekers think they're in a minority position or a weak position that they have to earn the respect that they don't have to be you know, in an organization they aspire to. Okay. I think more and more, it's a buyer's market, meaning that the prospective employee has more cards than they think they have. Okay. And they should be confident in their skills. They should be confident in their contribution. They should be humble in their approach. Yeah. The best career advice I've ever gotten from a CHRO is don't walk in and tell me or ask me, what can I do for you? Walk in and tell me what you can do for me. Mm. But that doesn't mean you can't be confident around why I want to work here. I think people should be more, I just want to say more confident in their contribution. Okay. That makes sense. I love everything that you've outlined so far. This is unique advice to our podcast that we haven't heard before, but I like to ask, I'm going to ask two devil's advocate questions just because I like to spice things up. So Scott, this makes a lot of sense to me, but this sounds more like something that would be more at the director level or more executive level. So what if really I'm just getting started off in my career or let's say I'm applying for line level positions? Does it really matter what my values are when I'm searching for companies? Can I really be selective like this? Of course, it's situational. But I think you can. I mean, obviously, you're going to be selective, congruent with your skills and your education and your contribution. But let me just tell you, you know, I have had the responsibility and opportunity to interview thousands of people over 30 years. I've interviewed thousands of people. I've hired hundreds of people and I've had to fire, you know, dozens. You can't teach character. You can't teach work ethic. You can't teach 
a contagiously positive spirit. You can teach skills, but the majority of the time, I want to look for someone that's hardworking, that's trustworthy, abundant, a, a voracious learner, a curious mind. And so I think these are things that interviewers can pick out in interviews, right? I, mean, I think the majority of people that are interviewing are looking less for, does this person have a technical skill? Yes, maybe if you're a chemical engineer applying for a chemical engineering job. But so many jobs are being filled based on attitude and desire and work ethic and self-awareness and communication skills. These are skills that are ubiquitous to best professional. And so I would say be confident that you have those things and don't be afraid to express them. There are certain jobs that require a certain level of technical competence. But if you've got the key skills that employers want, and they're all the same, they want inquisitive minds, they want voracious learners, they want people who are collaborative, people that can take responsibility for their own actions, people that have like a vision, they can think yeah. big and strategically, they're not caught in small tactics, they don't gossip, that they admit it when they're wrong, they offer apologies. This is what every employer wants. They can teach yeah. you most of the other skills. They want all these skills. I love that. That's why That's everyone gets fired. No one gets fired because they couldn't figure out an algebraic formula. Yeah. No one gets fired because they couldn't figure out, you know, the chemical process. They get fired because they were a jackass at work. They were always late. They always pointed the finger. They couldn't be in a meeting. They had no idea what it was like to work with them. They were toxic and they had to get rid of them. That's why people get fired. Scott, you bring an energy to this podcast that is like no other. That's amazing. Amazing. I love it. It was the second question here. And that's very clarifying, by the way. So thank you. But Second question, and I get this too, but let's say I'm in a bind right now. Let's say financially, I just need a job. I need to get a job right now. How can I be at the luxury right now of sitting back and saying, I could only pick a company that I'm in aligned with, with these three values? Go to Amazon, go to UPS, mm. go to McDonald's. Because you know what? I have hired people for jobs that were technically and experientially less qualified because on their resume, for the last 14 months, they were out painting houses because they had to feed their family. They left a six-figure sales job. They couldn't find a job. I have hired people. I said, tell me about this. Tell me about Johnson painting. And they usually they lower their head and they say, yeah, well, I was out of work and I've got four kids and I need to pay for my family. So I took a job painting houses. You're hired. Interview over. You're hired. Mm. On the spot, you are hired. Because you just proved to me you're scrappy, you do what it takes, you meet your commitments, you're humble, you don't care the level you are in because you have made commitments that you are going to fulfill right. by going to Amazon, by going to UPS. That shows character, it right. shows work ethic, everything I need in you. You're yeah. hired on the spot. And I have hired someone on the spot. The guy cried. And I said to him, <laughs> That's amazing. I, 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 I don't That's know why great. you're crying, I said but you be proud. I'm getting emotional telling this story. You be proud. Yeah. You know what? And if someone judges you for that, or they look down on you, walk out of the interview. Yeah. Walk out. Because that is not the kind of leader you want to work for, or the culture you want to work for. I love that so much. And thank you for bringing that up. I tell the story before and I've told it to you, but I have so much admiration and respect for people who want to achieve or accomplish something. And yeah, let's say money is an issue and they do what they have to do. And I come from the background of, you know, starting this business that wasn't taking off the way that I wanted to back in the day. So I would get up first thing in the morning and drive for Uber. I would drive people during the rush hour traffic 
go home, rush, like email people, do everything I could for my company and got paid $0 an hour for it. And then I would go back to Ubering people because that's how I ended up paying my rent, my groceries and everything else like that. And after all of that, I was able to finally make ends meet and then transition off from that. So do what you have to do. And it takes a lot of grit and determination to get that going for you. And there's no one who I also wouldn't look at and say, you know, you're someone who I would hire if you have that same level of commitment. And if you've got a recruiter or a headhunter or an HR professional that, you know, makes you equal that asks you too many questions, you know what? You may not always be in a position to choose your position or your career, but if that person doesn't value that, then they don't value you. Go find an organization that meets your values, that actually places value on the that you went out. It should, it's so multifaceted. It shows humility. It shows that you were able to do what it takes to get the job done. The job done meaning feed your family or pay your rent or student loan. And those professional contributions will transition over into their company as well. I love it. I, I have friends right now that haven't worked in a year from the pandemic. And like, I can't even talk to them. Like, what do you mean? Well, no one's hiring. No, I know for a fact Amazon's hiring. Like (laughs) a million people right now. I know FedEx is hiring. I know UPS is hiring. Well, you know, but I mean, it's not my deadline. You know what? I got to change the topic. I can't talk to you. I guarantee you, if I got to feed my three boys, I'll get my ass over to the Amazon Fulfillment Center tonight for $18.95 an hour, and I'll work 70 hours this week. Yeah. No questions asked. No questions asked. Amen. Because I make and keep commitments. Amen. Absolutely. By the way, this is passion. I'm not angry. For those of you, this is just passion coming (laughs) No, this is truly wonderful. And for you, Scott, I actually have three lightning round questions here. I don't do this often, but you have to answer in one minute or less and three questions, lightning round. Number one, what is the worst piece of career advice you've ever received? I'm still here. I'm thinking, I haven't gotten a lot of bad career advice. I... Probably, you know, Amazon or ladders or stupid stuff like that. No offense to them. It's not mm-hmm. stupid. I'm being jovial. I just think you should be more deliberate around pointing the bat. Don't net fish, spear fish. Net fish is you cast a last, a big last a net, net out and you get flounder and grouper. You get eels, you get bicycle tires and inner tubes. Net fish. Move off of net fishing. Spear fish. Get very yeah. clear on what it is you want to do where you want to work and go after it. No shotgun approach, all sniper approach. I love it. Okay. Number two, what was the biggest setback or challenge that you've had in your career and how did you overcome it? Often an interview question, but I'm asking you raw here, right here on the podcast. Well, the Disney company fired me. So I worked for Disney for four years as a junior associate and they invited me to leave, which is how they do it there. And so here I was a single guy in Florida looking for a new job and moved out to Utah. But I was, was 26. It? I was 26. Oh. And so here you've got a single Catholic boy from Orlando that moves out to Utah where there's no Catholics, right? And that was kind of crazy. But I joined the, the Covey Leadership Center, now the Franklin Covey Company. Yeah. That was a big setback because that was a big brand. I didn't see that coming. I probably yeah. should have. That was a setback. But, you know, I am a firm believer, Chris, of, you know, sometimes a disappointment turns into an appointment. I don't wallow in pity. I am a pretty resilient guy. I try to find the silver lining in everything. And that's, you know what, it might take me three or four hours. It might take me a night, but the next day I control what I can control. And I go out and just find someone else who will like me. I love it. Okay. Last question here. 
And we'll talk about your book here in a second, I promise. And you can't use this one as your example, not yet, but one book that you would recommend for all job seekers. For all job seekers. You know what? I'll take that back because this podcast is more about your career. So I would broaden that to best book recommendation you have for your career. I'm going to give you two. I'm going to give you two. Sorry. Sure. But, but I get two because I couldn't answer the first question. I never got any bad career advice. So I think there's a book out there called The First 90 Days. And I don't know who the author is. It's a green book. I know that. The First 90 Days. And it basically is how to build phenomenal impact and contribution in your first 90 days in a job. It's a great book. The second book, I think, is Liz Wiseman wrote a book called Multipliers. It's more of a leadership book, but it's a book for individual contributors as well multipliers. And the premise of their book, her book is, is that at any given time, we are multiplying talent and we are accidentally diminishing talent. And she has nine accidental diminisher tendencies. The idea fountain, the optimist, the strategist, rescuer, the perfectionist, the pace setter, the always on. And these are nine kind of diminishing traits that everybody finds themselves falling into. And her premise is to try to be more self-aware of when are you diminishing others and how do you become more of a multiplier of others? It's more of a leadership book, but anybody would benefit from identifying which with which of these nine accidental diminishing tendencies do you relate to because yeah. they're probably holding you back. Love it. Out of all the guests we've had in the past, I, asking you that question, I think would be a mistake if I, if I didn't do that. So thank you so much for that advice here. And thank you for all the advice you've placed. Sorry, Chris, I'm going to yeah. share one more. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's hard not to limit it. Yeah, go. There is. There's a book by, the, by a woman named Tasha Urich, E-U-R-I-C-H. It's called Insight, I-N-S-I-G-H-T. It's the best book Insight. ever written on self-awareness. Tasha Urich, really? Insight. She's a clinical psychologist that is an expert on self-awareness and becoming more aware of what it's like to date you, work with you, work with you, work for you work on a project with you. Highly recommend that to build people's self-awareness. Wonderful. I'm writing all these down here. So the favorite question I like to ask our guests here before we get right into you, if you could tattoo one message for all career warriors right now, what message would that be? Build your self-awareness. It's why everyone gets fired. So something around, you know, become self-aware. The only one way you do that is to ask people, what's it like to work with me? What's it like to travel with me? What's it like to lead me? is become self-aware. No one gets fired. The majority of people get fired because they lack self-awareness. They honestly don't know what it's like to be around them. Yeah. And even going beyond that, the entire message of this is to get clear on your values also and let that affect your job search there. The thing that I think a lot of people are not really, people aren't really doing well is they're not letting their, how do I put this? Those external influences, people like family, friends, and even things that they've seen elsewhere on TV are all influencing their values and they're not realizing that. So self-awareness would be the antidote to help fix that. I know we're landing this episode. Uh, Stedman Graham is a friend of mine. You know, Stedman is a famous author and agent and he's you know, Oprah's life partner. And Stedman taught me that too often we spend our lives trying to fulfill yeah. the identity that others have created for us and instead create your own identity for yourself. And I think when you start to do the hard work on your values, you move away from fulfilling the identity that other people, perhaps well-intended people, your mothers, your parents, your guardians, your principals, your professors yeah. hoped for you, and instead create the identity you want for yourself. 
by clarifying your values and then searching and acting on them. Great. Awesome. Scott, great way to wrap up this episode. Scott Jeffrey Miller, everyone. How can we find out more about you and what you're up to, Scott? Hey, my website is scottjeffreymiller.com. My most recent book is Marketing Mess to Brand Success. It's out now. I have a new release coming out in January called Job Mess to Career Success. It comes out I think it's available for pre-order now on Amazon as well. On my website, I have the Ignite Your Genius Career Coaching Series where you can subscribe to that and get the workbook and all the videos and it will help you clarify your values. And Chris, I'm delighted that you uh, turned your spotlight on to me today. Sure. And I, looking at your website, you also offer, is it group career coaching or how does that work? Well, it's not group career coaching. I, once a month, I actually, if you are part of the Ignite Your Genius community, once okay. a month, I offer an open enrollment coaching call where everybody comes on and I pick a different topic. And anybody can ask questions at all. I usually, I don't always, but I usually have a, a guest on. It might be a famous author or a big recruiter or a retained executive search consultant, someone like that, and can all ask questions about it. Awesome. Sounds good. Well, Scott Miller, thanks so much for joining us on the show. You were fantastic. Chris, thank you, man. Thanks for your abundance. I appreciate you. Awesome. So this wraps up Career Warrior Podcast. Such amazing insights there. And I kid you not when I tell you that I have been thinking about my own values here. And I feel this new air of excitement even coming into my own career and my own development of my business here. So I encourage all of you job seekers to get clear on your values and physically write them out because I'm always just harping the power of journaling and actually writing and the power that that has behind it. So get clear on those values and don't settle for something just because it's a job. Go for something that is in alignment with those values and you will receive an amazing abundance in your life, guaranteed. All right, I will also make sure to link the episodes that are gonna be helpful as well as the resources that were mentioned by Scott within the description of this podcast episode. So make sure if you are jogging or driving to pause and check that out later when you have the time. This wraps up Career Warrior Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'll see you next Monday. Career Warrior Podcast. And for more on your job search, please make sure to check out Let's Eat Grandma's website at letseatgrandma.com forward slash CWP. That's where you can find her blog, attend job seeker events, and learn more about her awesome resume services. Let me just say, I'm happy you're subscribed on Apple or Spotify, but you are missing out if you haven't seen the additional resources on our website. Once again, that's letseatgrandma.com forward slash CWP. And please don't forget to leave a review. The support from my fellow warriors is what will help me get noticed and what will help the algorithm so other job seekers can discover us too. I promise I read all the reviews and you will just make my day. That's all. I'll see you next episode this Monday morning. 